0: The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors.
1: Mortgage Women Magazine. It's where women's voices are heard. Find it free at www.mortgagewomenmagazine.com. It's Women's History Month, and we're celebrating some of the women making history right here in the mortgage industry. We're talking with one of NMP Magazine's 2023 Women of Inspiration about how to get more women into top positions in the mortgage industry and what changes might come from that. Welcome to The Principal. I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network. And today I'm joined by Ty Christensen. She's co-founder and chief diversity and public relations officer for Arrive Home. So, Ty, thanks for joining me.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me.
1: So first off, congratulations on being named uh, one of our 2023 Women of Inspiration. Uh, What's your reaction?
0: Well, I'm excited. I think this is a great award. I'm very honored, um, obviously. Thank you very much. And I think that it is uh, continuing to be inspiring for as many women as I can is my goal. Um, and this is a great way to highlight women in our industry and, and the accomplishments that we are bringing as a gender to the mortgage community. So I'm just really proud and honored to be part of the group.
1: Do you think we still need to do that in 2023? I mean, I'm sure if you make comments like that, you hear the pushback that, well, it's 2023, we've made progress. Why do we need to single out women? Do you think we still need to highlight that?
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, listen, we are, as an industry, we've seen an increase in the number of women that are in lower to mid-entry jobs. So we've got, I think it's about 45% of females are loan officers, according to the last report I just read, but we only have a 33% that are mortgage brokers that are female. And so unless and until we have equality in our C-suites and our broker ownerships, um, we're not going to be seeing innovative solutions that can advantage specifically single females that are looking to purchase homes. And so the more diversity we have at the table, the better for all of us. So yes, to your point, yes, we still need more women in the industry.
1: And why, you know, as you mentioned, we are seeing more women in the industry, but now they're not rising to some of the higher levels. What are some of the hurdles that that you as a woman who's climbed the ranks, what have you faced that you don't think men face? What are some of the problems that are still uh, keeping us from getting there?
0: honest, we still live in a very traditional society, right? And so as such, uh, a lot of men have the stereotype of, of women that we will put our family and our children before our work. And while that may or may not be true, we are in an environment right now where hybrid work is very popular, remote work is very possible, and so we're able to leverage our familial commitments with our work and still be high-producing. And so I feel like the time is now for specifically men to let go of some of those gender stereotypes that are out there and realize that, hey, there's just as many stay-at-home dads now, there's just as many dads going to pick up their kid and take him soccer practice. It's not just all on the women. I mean, in my family, even I do the majority of the cooking. My husband doesn't really love cooking and I'm a really great cook, but he does all the dishes. And so there is this kind of transforming of the familial unit where there is more uh, gender equality as far as familial roles. And there's guys that are stepping up and helping out and really being the head of the household in terms of support when it comes to the children.
1: I, my wife doesn't like how I do laundry. So I, I (laughs) do the, I do, she'll cook when she's inspired, but I do most of the cooking and I do the the dishes and the cleaning. The kitchen has basically become my, my space. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, it's a very different dynamic than it maybe it would have been, you know, a couple of decades ago.
0: Oh, heck yeah.
1: (laughs) But I think you make up, I mean, the work from home thing, I think you make up a good point too that, you know, there's a different way to strike the balance than in the past that, you know, it used to be, well, Mom has to leave work. It's like, well, now she can do work while she's at soccer practice or she can do work while she's at home with the kid, even if that's sort of still her domain at home.
0: 100%, 100%, I mean, I, I have a story from a few years ago, which is a long time ago. I guess was maybe seven years now. Anyway, I was at Chick-fil-A with my kids and I got a text from my LO at the time and she wasn't really great at running numbers. And so she was like, can you just calculate the income for me really fast and let me know if this DTI will work. And I'm at Chick-fil-A using one of their red crayons that you get in the coloring package, like diagramming this income calculation on a napkin. And I sent it back to her and she was able to close the deal. I mean, that is the, that is what technology has done for us. We are able to really work in almost any situation in our industry. And let's use that to our advantage.
1: So that's obviously things we can do to help women uh, advance, even though we're getting closer to a 50-50 split. Obviously, the industry still doesn't necessarily reflect the the population as a whole. So what advice would you also have for women who are maybe considering careers and why they should get into the mortgage industry?
0: Depending upon your entry point into the mortgage industry, it can provide you a substantial amount of flexibility. Um, When I first, my first entry into the industry was a loan processor. I remote loan processed for six years, starting in 2002, all the way up to 2008, before I transferred into loss mitigation. And being able to remote process and contract process enabled me to fit my schedule around my work. Uh, load, so I could take my kids to school, come back, pick them up, come back, and be able to work in that flexible space. There are a lot of positions in this industry, specifically in the entry level position. So if you're going to be a processor or a loan officer assistant, a lot of underwriting careers right now are 100% remote. Uh, these careers give you the flexibility you need to be able to leverage family and workload and and try and get the work life balance. I mean, I don't really think that work life balance is a thing, but like, you know, you've got to work more. Balance more. But I think that there, this industry does give you a lot of flexibility, which is really important, specifically if you have a
1: family. And in your story, uh, different paths. I mean, you obviously got in doing one thing, crossed over and did another. It's not as if, uh, you know, maybe I want to do sales, but I don't really know. And you can get in somewhere else to sort of see what the mortgage industry is like before you start to be customer facing.
0: Heck yeah. I mean, a few months ago, I talked to a group of students from Fisk University, which is an HBCU in Tennessee. And my whole outcry to them was, hey, you can be in the mortgage industry for a two to three decade career and never be in the same job position twice. I mean, outside of just retail, you've got lost mint, you've got compliance, you've got QA, you've got entire legal teams that are devoted to a lot of these large scale mortgage corporations. You can jump in at a multitude of different levels. And we're not even talking about title appraisal inspectors, right? I mean, it's a very vast industry where you can find a home and keep your keep your skills diverse because you can constantly be moving around from position to position and broadening your knowledge.
1: Right. Even product development, if you're oh, yeah. in, in STEM and tech. What What do you think has changed since you've gotten into the industry, good or bad?
0: Uh, I mean, a lot. Right. So when I first got into the industry again, 2002, I was one of the only females I knew uh, specifically working here in Utah. And I uh, damn sure was one of the only people of color for a long time. Uh, I was going to these conferences and there was definitely feeling like the pepper and the salt granule. Um, but now it is a lot more diverse. So when I'm sitting on stage and I'm speaking and I'm looking out over the audience, I'm seeing women, I'm seeing men, I'm seeing members of the LGBTQ community. I'm seeing Black people, Asians, Latins have really taken a hold, specifically in the real estate space. They are a large demographic of Latin real estate officers, uh, agents rather. And it is really, Exciting to see this beautiful rainbow of people coming into our industry and it's becoming less of a good old boys' club and way more inclusive.
1: And and we've obviously had, you know, we've had you on, on our gated communities podcast in the in the past. We we've had a lot of conversations on that podcast and also here about working with different groups of people. Obviously, the, the population as a whole is, is getting more diverse and, and then also diversifying your staff. So as you see the industry diversifying. Um, if, I, if I have my small little operation and it's not getting diverse, should I, should I really start to see that as a problem now? Because it seems like the talent pipeline is becoming more diverse. So if I'm sitting here going, I'm not keeping up with the times, maybe it's more of an internal issue.
0: Oh, it is most definitely an internal issue. You need to do what Michael Jackson said and face that man in the mirror. If you don't have a diverse workforce, 1st first, first, I'm sorry, that's by choice at this point. Um, there are a multitude of programs that will offer diverse candidates for job openings. I, I serve on the board of an organization called Access Lending Academy, and it's an academy that is solely focused on bringing diverse individuals into the mortgage industry and training them before partnering them with a corporation or a company, right? And Access is 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 unique in that aspect, but you can go to junior colleges, you can go to HBCUs, you can go to community centers and post-job job applications. You have the ability to create whoever you want around your communal table, right? Your employment table. And if you don't have a diverse group of individuals working for you, that's your problem because you are not seeking out those individuals. And look, I'm not trying to be that person that's like, you know, oh, hire hire more women, hire more brown people, hire more women, hire more brown people for no purpose. But it does serve organizations that choose to diversify their workforce. They have higher retention, they have higher productivity, and they also have more innovative solutions because you have other people offering you advice and strategy from different walks of life.
1: And and talk to me a little bit about that because we're seeing that happening right now in the industry with how we're maybe trying to review someone's credit worthiness or some of the ways that we're trying to target products. So why is it that, you know, I mean, there's no reason that, that a group of of middle-aged white men couldn't come up with those ideas. Um, Why, why is it that you need a diverse staff to arrive uh, at some of those solutions?
0: Ah, but is it that a middle-aged group of white men can come up with those ideas, right? So I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. The company I work for and co-founded, it's called Arrive Home. And we have some really innovative products specifically for non-traditional credit profile individuals and ITIN individuals, because what we found through our research of having diverse individuals at the table is specifically people of color have a very high rate of paying rent. They very rarely miss their rental payments, but they don't transfer that into home ownership because there are not products and programs available to them to help them with their non-traditional credit profiles. Now, how does my 45 year old white coworker from Salt Lake City who knew two black kids in his entire classroom. How does he know that there's this entire demographic of people out there that could be shepherded into home ownership if they just had a new innovative product for them? He doesn't, right? I don't know what the experience is like growing up on a Native American reservation and how home ownership is difficult for that community, but I've got a coworker who does and she brings her ideas to the table as well. And this is not saying that, oh, you know, you've got to have every color in the rainbow at your table it's more about the walk of life, right? So if my experience being a suburban person, that's going to be different than someone who grew up in an urban area. And we need to pool our communal resources, our mental communal resources to really get innovative, to help our country, to create these new programs, to get people into home ownership. Because I'm sure as your listeners know, by the year 2040, we're going to be living in a majority, minority country. That means there'll be more people of color than whites in America for the very first time. Right now, if you were under the age of 18, 52% of Americans are part of a minority or biracial demographic. That means that, that demographic is already over half people of color. And so as we're coming into this browning of the American community, we have to get creative about how to provide programs, products, and solutions for these types of consumers because Blacks uh, Hispanics, Asians spend money and use credit differently than the white community. And we need to create products for them.
1: Yeah, I think you make, I mean, that's kind of the point I was getting at is you can't really, ex, You it, it, in hindsight, you're like, oh, yeah, sure. But you can't really fix a problem if you're not exposed to it. And if you have people from different walks of life, you realize how the home buying process is different for, for different groups of people. I Um, so obviously we've been talking a lot about how to get women, uh, into the industry and of course also how to help, uh, people of color, but I also just wanted to sort of get your take on, on where we are in in the mortgage industry right now. And maybe some kind of big change, whether it's on how we do sales, how we recruit staff, whatever it is, is there, if you, if you could make one big suggestion for the industry this year, what would it be?
0: Well, I think it's amazing that FHA has now lowered the premium um, for people. I believe it's as of March 20th, they're lowering the premium for new FHA buyers. I think that's great. Personally, what I would love to see is for them to remove the mortgage insurance premium after a certain period of time um, and and timely payments. That would really free up a lot of resources um, for your FHA borrowers, uh, specifically people of color, minority FHA borrowers, refinance at a much lower weight um, than your white consumers, uh, most of the uh, minority FHA borrowers keep that same loan, which means they continue to make those mortgage insurance payments because, as you know, they're for the duration of the loan. That would be the one thing I would love to see. It's like a, a five-year cutoff or maybe you know, 72 months, something like that, where you get that relief after timely payments for X amount of years, free up that revenue, and then you're able to utilize those funds for other things.
1: Show you show you're not a, a, a you show you can can make payments and you don't need yes, the insurance. Absolutely.
0: Exactly. Sure.
1: Uh, Ty, thanks so much for joining me.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
1: You can see our entire list of women of inspiration in this month's NMP magazine available now at NMPMag.com. The Originator Connect Network, the nation's largest producer of mortgage events, is about fostering a community founded on professionalism, collaboration and personal and professional growth connecting you to the story of your success. This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Cotemporary, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by SkyGaze. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.